You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We're so glad that you're here with us today, whether you are a longtime listener or if you are just finding us for the first time. Welcome to all of you. Uh, and if you haven't done so already, I invite you to just take a second right before we get started here and just tap that subscribe button. Uh, we've got a lot of great content coming up for you in the coming weeks, and you don't want to miss a minute of it. Uh, I am your host of the show. My name is Amy Johnson. I am also the lead correspondent over at the AHL Report, and uh, you can find that at ahlreport.com. And of course, I'm joined in the studio each and every week by my wonderful co-host. He is our uh, president, founder, and editor-in-chief of... That's three of the many hats he wears, but those are the three important, most important ones uh, of all of our platforms and publications here at Rocket Sports Media. His name is Rick Stevens. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing all right. Thanks. Doing all right. It's hard to believe it's like the last week in September already. The last podcast, last press zone podcast in September. And uh, next week is October. And what does that mean? Well, we know that means... Sometime in October, we're going to have NHL, AHL season starting, regular season starting. Hush. Just hush. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's that time. It's hard to believe. Um, we've got a great show for you today. Uh, it's been pretty exciting this week, even just getting to watch uh, the first preseason games. Um, and and that's how we're going to start the show today. We're going to talk about the preseason game, the, the debut preseason game to kick things off for the Montreal Canadiens that took place at the Bell Center on Monday night hosting the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Rick, it was it was spotlight on prospects, and fans were really amped up to see some of their favorite new guys in the youth movement, uh, some of whom were, were making their uh, preseason debut in a Habs sweater. Um, so we're going to just talk a little bit about who we thought uh, performed well of the young guys and, and who we thought maybe struggled a little bit. Um, and of course, that sets up then uh, the next, the rest of the week, Wednesday and Thursday's games, which I know that you and Michael Spinella will talk about on Saturday's episode of the Canadians Connection. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the second segment today, our good friend Patrick Williams is back with us for a new edition of the AHL Hot Stove. We're going to set the stage for the season ahead in terms of the AHL with Patrick, and we have a special announcement. From all of us here at the press zone for our listeners, which is pretty exciting as well. So you don't want to miss a minute of it. 
why don't we get right to it? Um, although, you know, Rick, if I should mention to folks, if, if you haven't done so already, of course, we want you to be sure to bookmark ahlreport.com. That's where as soon as uh, the Laval Rocket starts playing games, you're going to start seeing uh, full comprehensive game recaps of every Laval Rocket game uh, with analysis and statistics and all sorts of good things in there. So you want, you're going to want to be checking that all the time. But as a Habs fan in general, you should also be checking allhabs.net on a daily basis because you'll get all of the latest Habs news, game previews, game recaps for the Canadians, as well as featured articles uh, that are going to come out uh, on a daily basis, really, at allhabs.net. And uh, your game recap from from last night, I thought, uh, ended on the perfect note, which was a very astute uh, kind of prediction that fans got to watch a very exciting game that the Canadians played last night. Uh, the top names were out there m- making some highlight reel things happen. Cole Caulfield, of course, scoring. Everybody excited to see Uri Slavkovsky. Uh, high energy. The the fans inside the building were loving it. And, um, but the Canadians still lost. <laughs> so um, it's probably, as you say in your recap, it's probably a good indicator of how uh, most games might go uh, this season. But hey, on an entertainment level, how can you, you can't beat it. If you live and die on on the Canadians winning this season, um, it's going to be a little bit like last season, a little bit, maybe uh, some improvement. But but if you're focused on individual performances, on on some, you know, if you can focus on a good line, on on mm-hmm. um, you know, a good defensive play, a, a a good pass, a good all of that. We we saw all of that. A good save. Um, we saw all of that um, in the first preseason game. Yeah, the, the New Jersey Devils finished on top, but plenty of entertaining moments throughout the game, especially if you're focused on prospects. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch. It absolutely was a lot of fun to watch. And just like the rookie tournament, we also should remind people that you have to watch these, particularly these early preseason games, differently. You have to evaluate them a little differently. You can't uh, necessarily to to borrow Rick's phrase, you can't necessarily live and die by what happens in in such an early preseason game when um, you know there's a lot of nerves taking place. The guys, the team that they're facing in their opposition is also a roster full of young guys, most of whom, many of whom, will not play in the NHL. So, you know, you can get a general idea and sense of a player in general in in such an early preseason game but it's not set in stone and you're you're going to see a lot more indicators of how a, a a player is going to perform as you advance through the preseason and you start to get more of an NHL looking lineup as as your opposition um but with that in mind Rick we can still at least focus on some things that went w- really well for some players and and others who seem to to have some struggles um I think Caden Gooley was probably near the top of of everyone's um, congrat you know pros list of of oh I could see that guy making making the roster. Um, Caden Gooley uh, certainly hasn't uh, hasn't lost anything in his rehab over the summer and looked uh, looked very comfortable out there. Absolutely, uh, Caden Gooley playing played seventeen minutes last night. Uh, is that a little less than he, he played last year? Sure it is, but if he comes anywhere near that 15, 17 minutes, 
on a regular basis in the NHL. I think he'll be happy. I think coaching staff will be happy. Led the team with four block shots. You're probably going to see a lot of that uh, if once the regular season starts as well. Um, he was out there for over two and a half minutes in a penalty kill role. Um, th- that's probably where he's going to shine as well. So a really strong performance. And I, I don't want to just focus on the on the defense because he's he showed uh, um, on Monday night that he's an excellent skater. He can move the puck very effectively out of the zone. And I think for some fans, uh, that was a bit of a surprise. Speaking of surprises, I think one of the most delightful surprises that came out of the rookie tournament who continued some really solid play uh, on Monday night was Owen Beck. Uh, Owen Beck really making his presence known in a very positive way. Um, He looks mature on the ice. He's got a lot of smarts, um, good hockey sense, just just good all-around 200-foot player. So if you're expecting to see... Uh, opening night lineup, the Canadians' first line include uh, Cole Caulfield and uh, Mike Hoffman uh, on one side and with Nick Suzuki in the middle. It was Owen Beck that took Nick Suzuki. Well, Nick Suzuki um, is is nursing a minor injury. It was Owen Beck that took that p- place on the first line, mm-hmm. and uh, he was tremendous. Um, he he just, as as the tasks keep getting uh, more difficult. He keeps rising to the occasion. Um, you know, his face-off prowess was talked about. I think he was six of eight in the in the first um, uh, period. He ended the night at 59 percent uh, at the face-off dot. That's pretty darn good. Um, and uh, and and didn't make any mistakes. He was he looked terrific out there on centering the first line between two players that um, are you know. Uh, um, have an NHL pedigree. Mm-hmm. Jordan Harris is another one uh, going back to the to the back end, uh, who's had a pretty strong camp, and um, you know he's he certainly hasn't shied away from uh, some confident play uh, early on, and and I thought that he also stood out uh, a bit on Monday night. And I'm going to remind people, and I have been doing this. He's playing on his wrong side. How difficult that is for a defenseman to play on the wrong side. He's he spent some time working on it over the summer, uh, doing drills, doing reps, and and be, knowing that there was uh, an availability for the Canadians on the right hand side, um, and he's looked very good out there. He's looked very good, you know, even if you forget about what side he's on, um, you know. Besides Gooley, uh, he, he there was maybe there was three defensemen coming in, three young defensemen who were kind of competing for spots. Gooley, Justin Barron probably has the edge, and then uh, Jordan Harris. Uh, but it's been Harris who um, has been just a notch behind Gooley and uh, maybe a notch ahead of Justin Barron so far. Um, was there anyone else who really kind of stood out for you? I know Philip Mashar, I think I think has has been has been decent. And I've been pleasantly surprised. Uh, to a degree, I don't, I'm not talking NHL level necessarily, but just overall in getting to watch him play with Simino. Simino actually has shown um, some good patience with the puck uh, and and some good setup ability. Um, was there anyone else who has really kind of jumped out at you on the positive end of things from last night's game? Well, from last night's game, I guess um, it, it was for some fans, it was their first uh, look at Mike Matheson. Mike mm, Matheson mm-hmm. coming over in the big trade 
uh, with Pittsburgh for uh, Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie, um, uh, you know, eating up 22 minutes of of ice time uh, on average last season for the Canadians. Um, Mike Matheson's never come close to that in his career as far as average ice time. Last night, he was out there for 25 minutes. Um, <laughs> and uh, while we we probably won't see him doing that, or let's hope we're not seeing him mm. do that once the season begins, uh, he looked very good, very good um, um, skating. And, and, and listen, he's got something to prove um, as well. Um, so he, he looked terrific for uh, Montreal and was named uh, first star. Now, uh, there were, you know, and of course we're not, we're not mentioning the obvious Cole Caulfield, of course, with the, with the setting up in the Cole Caulfield power play office, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. with, with that big shot, of course, uh, Slavkovsky, I think, uh, you know, we've said before, Slavkovsky is going to always be the center of attention right now. And there's going to be things he does well. We saw his, we saw his, uh, him execute some of his speed, um, and, and, and so forth. There's going to, there's areas that obviously, he'll need to work on as well as he transitions to the North American game and China tries to get his feet under him. Um, he got criticized by some fans last night about running over uh, Nico Dawes in the crease. Uh, he just lost his place on the ice. I don't think that yeah, was, uh, there was a nothing. Inti- there. He wasn't even looking at no, him. It wasn't no, intentional no, no. whatsoever. No. Um, but on the flip side of things, you know, as much as we can see and get excited about some really positive things that we saw from some of the prospects, there were also some who visibly, didn't have as great of a game and it what is that nerves is that uh ability is that uh a larger issue kind of as being foreshadowed at this stage it's still too early to tell um so not not to be overly critical of anyone who didn't necessarily have a strong game but there were a couple of 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 players who um i think that we can all agree probably could have had or should have had a better better game and i think the top of that list unfortunately has to be caden primo um you know, Jake Allen looked pretty decent in in the half that he played. Caden Primo, not so much. Uh, didn't necessarily look comfortable. And and of the two goals, I, di- I didn't really like either either goal. But the second one was was a pretty was definitely one Caden Primo should have had. Yeah, uh, Caden Primo didn't have a great game uh, in the rookie tournament. Um, and uh, it, here, um, it was. Um, it, I, the, the the first goal he gave up it was on a devil's power play and and it's hard to criticize the goaltender um, except he made himself look very small uh, and and he's a good sized goaltender mm-hmm. um, he can you know he can fill a lot of net and he didn't do that on the first goal the the second goal it was just poor positioning it was a bad it was a soft goal um, didn't and, seal off the post yeah that doesn't that doesn't do anything for his confidence. So um, he's got to start putting in some consistently good efforts. Um, And, and um, you know, if he, if he's fighting for the backup spot, he has to show that he's, he's uh, outperforming Sam Montembeau. Absolutely. The the clock has kind of run out on, on him having a long leash. As far as that's concerned, he needs to, we've talked about how he needs to build on, the success that he had in the postseason for Laval last last year, and that's got to you know we've said it, you've said it, uh, JF Wool even said it when he joined us on the show last week uh, that when Caden Primo is playing in the NHL now, he's got to come up with with wins and some positive play. So Caden uh, Primo will be one to certainly watch uh, throughout this preseason to see how he does. If, however, uh, 
I should also note, if you missed our exclusive interview with Laval Rocket head coach Jean-Francois Houle last week, go back to uh, thepresszone.fm, and it was last week's show. You don't want to miss that. Um, in terms of other prospects who maybe didn't have as strong as a game of a game as they would have liked, Rick, um, the third uh, the third pairing, not uh, defensive pairing, maybe maybe a little bit of struggles, maybe some nerves there, but but certainly weren't as strong as you'd like them to be. Is the is the stage too big for Johnny Fairbrother? Probably at this Probably, level, and yeah. and. Um, but more was expected out of um, Matthias Norlander, and um, he's he's certainly fallen down the depth chart uh, as far as the young defenseman. He's skilled, he's talented, he skates well. Um, decision-making and, and maybe taking too much time to make those decisions, uh, but there's still a lot of games left to be played in preseason. There are. Um, was there anyone else who you felt overly struggled or, or, or didn't have a, have a good night? No, I mean, th- there are guys that, who are, are going to go back to, uh, are going to be playing in the AHL. And so, you know, you, you, Raphael Harvey, Pinard, um, Anthony Richard, Ra- Anthony Richard, who, who, uh, looked great in the red white game, the intramural game. Um, but you, you don't necessarily expect them to be, um, you know, shining at uh, at at this level with NHL competition. No, um, all in all, it was an exciting. It was despite the loss, it was an exciting game to watch, and I'm very. Um, I, I just love the energy that the young prospects have on the ice. I love the energy that they are bringing to the game, and I love the energy that they are giving to fans of the Canadians, who are obviously very excited to see what these young guys are going to do. And we're going to get to see that two more times uh, this week, actually three, if you count Saturday night's game. So lots of great hockey coming up this week. Uh, Can't wait to, to see how all of that unfolds. Um, But right now, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, Patrick Williams is going to join us for the AHL hot stove, where we're going to get you set up for the AHL season ahead. And we have a very special announcement from all of us here at the Press Zone for our listeners that you're not going to want to miss. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of great 80s music on Spotify. Can you blame me? Sometimes the 80s just really sound great. It's really been fun, and one reason it's been great to listen to it is because I've been using my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. 
Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. Uh, now, with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, which my ears are always really difficult to get a custom snug fit for in-ear earbuds, and uh, Raycon's got such a wide variety, it's just perfect. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. They're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Some of the things that I love about it, uh, there's customizable sound profiles. So whether you're listening to something like jazz that you really want a, a pure sound, they have a setting for that. If you're listening to some, some, some dance or some, you know, pop, hip hop, that kind of thing, you want something a little bassier, well, they have a setting for that as well. Uh, everything is controlled through tap functions right on the earbuds, whether it's moving ahead or forward with your tracks or your volume control or what sound setting you want. There's also what they call an awareness mode uh, where you can press that and it allows some more sound from your environment to seep in so that you can still hear what's going on around you while you're listening to your favorite music, or podcast or anything like that. Go to buyraycon.com today and use code THPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code THPN15. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and an affiliate, proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. We are so glad that you're back with us today. Uh, once again, my name is Amy Johnson, joined by Rick Stevens in the studio. And if you haven't done so already, as I said at the top of the show, just hit that subscribe button. We've got lots of great content coming for you as the season gets underway here. As we do every week, there's no off-season here for the Press Zone. Uh, also, if you could share our content, that's another button we'd like you to hit. Hit that share button, share this podcast on your favorite social media platform, and it's the best way to help us spread the word about the Press Zone and all the wonderful interviews and conversations that we have here about the Montreal Canadiens prospects. Hard to believe that this, that October... And I'm not even going to say the I'm not even going to say the hashtag because we were even just talking about this before the show today that we're not saying the hashtag. But the month of October is going to be here very, very soon. And so that means this week on the AHL hot stove, we are kind of setting the stage for the season. And who better to help us do that, of course, than our dear friend Patrick Williams, who is back with us again for another edition of the AHL hot stove. Patrick, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. Here, the, uh, the the fan club there is happy as well. I should just say for the record, I am not the one that controls those buttons. <laughs> that is all, Rick. Our listeners need to know that that it's Wait. not Amy pushing those buttons. It's, it's a button. No, yeah. it's live. 
It's live. Well, yes. Live in studio. In studio. There's, yes, we have a live studio audience of children. Yes. Don't ask us why. Well, (laughs) we're trying to, you know, uh, develop. This leads all about development, trying to develop the next generation of fans. Nicely done. Nicely done. Okay, somebody take that away from him. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, so uh, it's always uh, it's always good to have you here with us. And and wow, yeah, preseason like rookie camps are done. That went by super fast, and we're already into preseason. We're already seeing the first uh, cuts coming out of camps. Uh, so it's it's getting to be that time to kind of get set up for the season, Patrick. Um, in terms of the AHL. Uh, there's a couple of significant things, really, that our 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 listeners should be looking forward to kind of keeping an eye on around the AHL this season. And one of them actually directly ties to a, a fantastic article uh, that you had out at uh, the AHL's website. That's theahl.com. And, you know, we talked with you quite often throughout the offseason about, you know, OK, this new coach got hired here and this new coach got hired there around the AHL. But you went ahead and compiled all of the coaching changes that took place around the league this past season, and it turned out to be um, a pretty significant thing for this offseason, yeah? Yeah, well, there were, so to start, there were nine coaching changes, direct changes, and there were two additional uh, situations in Bakersfield and Rockford where the existing interim coach was promoted to a uh, permanent status, so that's 11 teams that have some sort of shift or at least adjustment in their coaching plan um, out of 32 teams. So, you know, do the math there, right? That's roughly one out of three teams. <laughs> so, um, and the thing that, that, that I noticed this summer was, is just the, the, the variety of coaches that you're, that you saw coming on board, you know, and a little, little weird fact is there's a 32 year old age gap between the oldest coach in the league, Roy Sommer, 66 years old, and the youngest head coach now, which is Trent Vogelhuber in Cleveland, who's 34. And it's wow. just a wide perspective, obviously, of um, hockey experience, uh, you know, kind of the old school, um, but also that, that blend of the, of the new school. Um, you have a mix of, of guys who've been in the NHL's head coaches, Dan Bilesma, Jack Adams winner, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy Colton, uh, who I think didn't really get the best situation in Chicago with the Blackhawks there. Uh, I think he was promoted before it was, uh, he was ready and then he was promoted just as the team was starting its, its downfall. And, you know, he was the guy that kind of got caught in the middle of that. Uh, so, so you have guys like that, you have, um, Kind of a more experienced uh, name uh, coming back from the NHL as well. Todd Nelson won a Calder Cup. Um, extremely uh, experienced coach. Uh, kind of has done done it all at this point. Uh, he's coming into Hershey, which is always a pre- premier job. Past two head coaches that have come through Hershey are now NHL assistants. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a pretty good place to be if, if, if you have NHL hopes. Um you have Roy Sommer, like I said. Now he's no longer in San Jose for the first time in 24 years. He's in San Diego now, uh, one of the rivals of San Jose. So that's an interesting little uh, twist, um, seeing him um, have that first real change. I mean, he was with the Sharks since 
well, at least with their AHL system since 1998. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. That's a long time. And uh, he saw the real evolution of the AHL from, you know, the late 90s version, which was tough, hard grinding, you know, enforcer oriented lead where development mattered, but it also took a backseat in some ways to what it is today. Um, uh, So he's been able to evolve and and, and make that transition through the years. Um, Put 150 players in the NHL during his time with San Jose. Um, You know, pretty much anyone that came through um, or that, that was kind of ended up being a fixture with the San Jose Sharks over the years, whether it was Joe Pavelski, Logan Couture, so on. Played for Roy Sommer at one point, and I think it's a real testament to what he's been able to do through his career, all-time AHL leader in wins and games as a coach. Uh, so just really impressive. And then Brock Sheen coming in um, kind of reminds me of a little bit of Ryan Wasowski, uh, who he's replacing in Chicago. Um, very um, ambitious, very um, young, heralded coach coming in now take over the Chicago Wolves as they try to defend their Calder Cup championship. Wasowski's off to the Sharks as an assistant, so uh, it's kind of in keeping with what Carolina's been able to do in terms of um, really bringing kind of those young, um, highly heralded um, coaching prospects to take over their, you know, their operation at the HL level. So uh, it's a good mix of coaches uh, this year. And then just round out the group, uh, Marco Sturm, um, mm. who has no connection before this year to the AHL whatsoever. Mm. Played 900, almost 1,000 games in the NHL. Um, he has experience with, you know, internationally with, with Germany as a player and a head coach, but um, you know, he's taken over the Ontario reign, and uh, he's going to get his first look at the AHL. And so it's a big transition uh, for, for any coach. Uh, he's the LA Kings the past four years as an assistant, but uh, he's um, somebody that's going to have to kind of find his way. Uh, now, I'll say this for the LA Kings. Uh, they, they give you every resource you could ever want as a coach, uh, and I think he'll do well, but the, it will be interesting just to see that adjustment period for him. Um, so, yeah, just a real good mix, uh, a little bit of everything um, you know, coming into the coaching ranks, um, or coming back, I should say, in some cases. Age all the season and just uh it's i guess the theme is just there's a lot of different paths you know whether it's you're coming in from junior you're coming in you know back from the nhl you're coming in from the ushl whatever the case may be um, there's a lot of different pathways um, to run in your own AHL team well it's it's really interesting because as you say it's quite a mix uh the coaches on the list have have very a variety of backgrounds and experience uh, but they're also coaching with organizations that approach things rather differently. Some on the list, some of the teams are a little more prescriptive when it comes to development and, and maybe trying to match the system with uh, their NHL uh, affiliate. And others are maybe uh, what we consider traditionally more independent uh, AHL franchise, franchises like the Hershey's or Chicago's. Um, so it it this... This whole jigsaw puzzle of coaches and and teams and and uh, it, it it really gives quite a, a nice flavor to the league uh, as well. Yeah, that that's always an interesting um, 
decision for for the AHL and the NHL coaches to make together um, on on systems. What what are you going to play? Um, I, I know, for example, in Philly, uh, John Tortorella coming in has given Ian Laperriere kind of the freedom to to develop his own system in, in Lehigh Valley, which is always it's interesting because you know so often we hear, well, you want them playing the same system, you know, so that you know that transition is seamless when they're called up and makes a lot of sense. The problem sometimes though is you don't always have the same personnel, the same type of personnel at the HL level mm-hmm. to be able to play that system. I mean, if you're trying to play a system that relies obviously heavily on skating and speed and you don't have the, the horses to do so, I mean, that's, it's going to be a, a challenge. So, um, you know, trying to sync that up is, is, is always a big challenge for, for coaches at this level. And, um, you know, I think this is in a lot of ways, this league is kind of a crossroads the hockey world where you just get people come in from all different places and there's that, that that willingness to experiment that maybe you don't always get at the NHL level where obviously it's all about winning and um, you don't have the freedom to do so. So uh, I think it really keeps things interesting in this league where you, know, you can see a lot of that kind of tinkering and experimentation um, that, you know, at this level. Well, kind of going along with that too, just as a, uh, just as a last last question here on on this this topic, going along with how much more development minded most of the AHL franchises now are, kind of under a mandate from their from their NHL counterparts, are is it your sense and feeling that really over the last handful of years there's been a the stock has really risen on who who franchises are hiring as their AHL bench bosses, um, both from, both from a team perspective and, and also even from a fan perspective of fans paying more attention to who is coaching prospects of their favorite team at the AHL level. Yeah. And I think it just is, is in keeping with that overall theme of the AHL affiliate has taken on such a important role in the salary cap era, which, you know, sort of talk about it like it's new. It started in 2005. So, um, <laughs> but there's been that evolution, uh, just the, the amount of resources that the teams now put into um, the HL operation. I mean, one of the themes of my piece was it's one of the most important hires. And I've been told that by different general managers that you can make mm-hmm. um, in your entire NHL operation. You know, I mean, obviously your NHL head coach, your GM, um, maybe your assistant GM, and then your HL head coach kind of right there, I mean, director of scouting and, We've seen teams that 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 really nail that hire, um, you know, like Ben Grew and Syracuse, for example. Mm-hmm. Tampa has been benefiting from that now for years because every year three, four players has them ready to go, and Tampa is able to kind of survive that 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 churn of players that that you know as veterans move on or you know they you know no longer fit in the cap. You're able to insert good young frankly, cheap talent. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of that is due to, to what you have working with them on a day-to-day basis in the American Hockey League. So um, if, if you don't get that hire correct, it can really sidetrack uh, your NHL operation long-term. And uh, I think there's a lot more thought that gets put into it. It's no longer sort of, well, you know, I played with this guy, you know, back, you know, when we were playing together and, you know, he's my buddy and, uh, Sure, let's give him a shot at the American League level. No, now it's it's a it's a major hire, um, and 
lot more consideration. Um, you know, we get anywhere from 150 to 200 applications for a given job. Um, so you're, you really are able to, to choose from kind of the, the, the best of the best that are not actually working in the NHL. Um, so, uh, you know, as teams invest heavily in, in assistant coaches and goalie coaches, and now some teams even have an assistant goalie coach for the American League uh, team, it's, it's just a whole whole new operation really wasn't that way when I started. Well, it will be, uh, it'll be quite fun to see how such a large crop of new AHL head, co- head coaches will, will, will perform in this first, uh, first part of the season as things get underway. Um, another exciting thing coming up this year is uh, finally, perhaps we can knock on what a little bit that, you know, if all goes well, uh, this could be the first quote unquote normal AHL season that we've had since, uh, the pandemic shut down in March of 2020. And so with that means that there are th- some things that uh, we can we can and fans can get excited about returning to the AHL this season. The All-Star Classic um, is back. Uh, you know, we hope, obviously. I mean, you know, one of these years it's going to be normal, right? So like, <laughs> why not this year? Why not this year? <laughs> That's, and then you have to approach it that way, like until until events dictate otherwise uh, you, know, you proceed and you you hope for the best uh plan for the worst obviously but um uh, the all the all-star classic is back it's in lavelle um, obviously i think it's gonna be a really successful event uh, we all saw especially the last you know postseason how that fan base really kind of came out and got behind the, the lavelle rocket and mm-hmm. you know, were part of that run to the eastern conference final and um it should be a great event. Uh, the last time it was held was in January of 2020 in Ontario. It was the first time it was ever in the West Coast. Uh, so that was that was a big deal for the AHL. And now, you know, it was, it was announced uh, during the, I guess it was a two, in t- 2020 that it would be coming to Laval. Well, twice that was postponed. So this time, third time's the charm, we hope. February 5th and 6th, and then the, the All-Star, or I should say the Hall of Fame induction, uh, which will in part be inducting Dave Andrews into mm-hmm. the, Hall of, the H Hall of Fame, will be part of that as well. Uh, so a good, good, um, good event for a lot of fans where, you know, they can really kind of, um, you know, make, make a little holiday of it. And, and obviously it's, you know, anybody that's ever been to Laval knows you're, you're you know, quick, quick hop from uh, Montreal. So, it's a pretty nice place to have an event. Uh, I think players will be excited uh, to be able to go there. You know, anything obviously that happens in Montreal, you're going to have a lot of eyes on it and a lot of uh, the hockey world's attention. So uh, it should be a really good event uh, uh, for fans. And, you know, it's very fan-friendly, I think, as anybody that's ever been to an all-star event at this level knows. Uh, you know, they, they take the glass down for uh, for the skills competition. Mm-hmm. The I like that. Yeah, I like that too. They'll take pictures and selfies with fans and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's very casual, um, you know, very kind of AHL and very minor league. And I mean that in the best sense of the word, right. It's a little bit more, just a laid back event and uh, players are, are pretty relaxed and uh, they usually do a charity event as well. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a good event. And I think it's a nice way to break up the, the season, especially at that point, it'll be three, four months in. So, Players seem to get behind it really well, and uh, I think this will be a really good event. And if you're planning way ahead, yeah, 
Um, you mentioned the West Coast. Uh, 2024 All-Star, AHL All-Star game is going to be hosted by the San Jose Barracuda. Um, so back to the West Coast, hopefully, if all goes well. Back to the West Coast, uh, be in their brand new building, the Tech CU Arena. Um, they haven't even opened it yet. Uh, it kind of had its debut earlier this month for the uh, um, Prospects Tournament that the Sharks hosted uh, between kind of the West Coast teams out there. So, um, you know, it's a beautiful facility. Um, you know, top line, you know, state-of-the-art, everything, you know, you could want. And, you know, it really is um, a situation where teams really want to, I think, start getting behind this event. And, you know, really, and I think for fans, obviously, you know, there's far worse places to visit in the wintertime than... <laughs> In San Jose, California, uh, I can tell you that uh, when, you know, the event was in Ontario and you, you, you touch down in Ontario and you walk outside uh, the airport, uh, it's, it's pretty nice. <laughs> um, I know the players certainly really got into it. Uh, and, you know, in Ontario, for example, they kind of played up the whole Hollywood, Los Angeles theme. I mean, you're only 45 minutes to an hour away. Uh, they had the red carpet. You know, I think the players kind of, Got a little bit of a kick out of that. So it was a nice event. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a ton of work uh, for the host team and for the lead. But uh, I think ultimately uh, when they look back on it, you know, it's, it was well worth it. Well, it's, uh, it is exciting. It's exciting for Laval fans who have been waiting uh, for, for a few years to for this to happen. So it will be exciting for the fans in Laval uh, and for AHL fans in general to be able to mark this uh, date on their calendar again and look forward to it it's such a popular weekend uh for ahl hockey fans um and uh yeah it's just it's it's great to see that there's a good there's a good chance that we're actually going to get to to see that happen this year um the other thing that uh we're pretty excited about is uh, actually some some news from the press zone itself um We've got such great feedback from our listeners that they just really enjoy, Patrick, when you're here with us for the AHL Hot Stove, that we're happy to announce that Patrick's going to be joining us every week for the AHL Hot Stove. (laughs) Oh, the fan club continues to. Absolutely, yeah. Deliver the support. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Um, Do it we weekly uh we had a really good experience uh doing it bi-weekly and i guess now you get twice as much of me oh it's gonna be it should be fun it should be fun it's gonna it's gonna be great you uh you as as rick has uh very very kindly dubbed you the ahl guru um, and you've just got so much uh, insight and knowledge to impart to fans, uh, both, you know, j- not just of the Laval Rocket, which is uh, what a lot of our fans pay attention, our, our listeners pay attention to, but the AHL in general. Um, and I think it's going to be really fun to have you uh, join us every week on the show and we can really kind of um, maybe, you know, broaden the spectrum a little bit on 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 the AHL coverage that we do here. Uh, and it's I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And from my perspective, um, it's we're just we we have such good conversations with Patrick uh, each and every week, and, um, and about off off uh, our recording, we we talk about everything hockey, sports wise, um, and it's just uh, it's good to share information, and it's good to share that with 
uh, our growing uh, podcast community. So uh, we're happy to have him here every week, all for the entire hockey season. Absolutely. Uh, so Patrick, we uh, we we're super we're super excited to have you. Uh, you know with us again this year part of the rocket sports crew and and even getting to uh to have you join us even more off twice as much twice as nice uh <laughs> as last year so we're, we're really looking forward to it thank you looking forward to it as well well rick it's it's pretty exciting to be able to finally tell folks that patrick is going to uh to be with us every week for the ahl hot stove segment uh, we're going to have some pretty fun interviews, I think, uh, with with Patrick coming on more often, uh, as well as lots of great information about the AHL and the Laval Rocket. Uh, so it's pretty exciting news for us to be able to say that Patrick is is going to be here every week. The studio audience is always excited uh, to see Patrick, but <laughs> uh, now the, the wider audience, yes. That's true. That is very, very true. Uh, we appreciate you being here with us all summer long, and it's very exciting that we are finally at the pu- at the place where uh, we're going to start getting into the 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 nitty gritty of the season and really start having some games and some evaluations to talk about. So be sure you've subscribed to the podcast. Also, be sure you have subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast, our Montreal Canadiens NHL focused podcast, hosted by Rick as well as Michael Spinella. You can find that at canadiansconnection.fm. Make sure you hit the subscribe button there. As I said at the top of the show, bookmark allhabs.net and ahlreport.com. You don't want to miss any of the content that's coming out uh, now that the season is getting underway. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do that as well. I host the Habs Hockey Report show every Thursday there at youtube.com slash allhabs. You don't want to miss that. As well, we have a lot of fun over there and lots of fan interaction. Um, Rick, this was a very fun show. Uh, lots of great information. It's just exciting that that hockey is kind of it's it's kind of like you're just settling back into a very familiar groove with games back on uh, on TV. Fans have been waiting uh, for this uh, for this time of year, and it's finally here. And everybody everybody's excited about it. I think so. Uh, So enjoy the rest of the week filled with lots of hockey action. We can't wait to come back here next Tuesday and talk to you more about the prospects and how they're doing. And maybe we'll have some uh, Laval cuts to talk about uh, guys who, who we know will be on the Laval roster by then. Who knows? Lots to talk about. We are sure. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you back here next Tuesday for another great episode of the press zone right here on rocket sports radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.